Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. That means it's nerder, she wrote. Guys, oh, uh, no, no, hold hang on. on. I gotta, I gotta was, start with something. I got a little no, no. rant. That was a very NPR start. Can we can we amp this okay. thing up? Okay. Do, do not, do not <laughs> stop the recording. Do not yeah, stop no, the keep recording. This in. And edit after because no, no, no. Yeah. I'm annoyed this morning, guys, because I saw this Mean Girls trailer. And it's what? it's amazing. Yes, listen, I, I don't know what is happening, but it, it looks like we're getting a remake. How am mean I old girls. enough? It's for that. it's a twenty. I, not even that movie can't drink yet. And we're getting a remake, but like Tina Fey is a part of it. Like she's in it. It seems like the exact same movie, but with TikToks. Is it is it at involved. least set in like Britain or Australia no. or something? No, same okay. names, same character tropes. It looks like maybe it's going to be a musical. I can't tell, but. Man, we are absolutely cooked. So uh, I've started this day off on the wrong foot. So I, I wanted to just kind of course correct my own day and ask you guys some questions because um, the NBA season has been pretty good so far and I need something to to just turn this around because, man, I I just don't I, I don't know. There are no no words to describe this. Uh, the, the feeling that I had when I saw. They were remaking Mean Girls of all things. I mean, I I don't really have strong feelings about the movie, but Does it's this more mean trying to make <laughs> fetch happen. Still, I have no idea. It's a, uh, I believe it's a musical. Uh, yeah, there you go. That, that we have, uh, yeah, coming out it's here. Great. Um, it's great. I think I guess there might have been a Broadway show. It's an awesome time at the movies. Uh, okay, guys, I have <laughs> to start the show. I have three. Hold questions. on, no, there are movies I'm excited about. It's well, fine. That's fine. Yeah. There, I have three questions about the season so far, and then uh, we're going to talk about some of the bad teams because we like to do that early on. Because by the time we get to the to the playoff race, it's, it's hard to get to some of these guys. So to begin, guys, three questions about the season so far because I I just want to kind of take the temperature of the room, so to speak. Um, watched a lot of Nuggets. Nikola Jokic looks better somehow than he has even the last three seasons. Like he's just figured out a whole nother level to his game and he's made it look pretty easy. Um, I'm getting 73 win warriors vibes from this team. Are the nuggets just inevitable at this point to you guys? As in they'll win 73 games and then lose. As in, in this is a 60 say- win team and they're going to, you know, they're I- going to make another easy run to the finals. I think there's a I I think I don't know about an easy run to the finals, but I think they're going to run through the NBA season. I think the I had a worry that they were kind of going to have their foot off the gas a little bit to start the season, a little bit championship hangover and whatnot and things like that. But nah, 
I mean, from day one, foot to the uh, pedal to the metal, all the way. Like they're just going hard and going at things. And you know, the the thing that's kind of surprised everybody has been their bench, the production they're getting from their bench. These young guys, you know, uh, the whole concern over the off season was Bruce Brown's <laughs> it's so gone. Funny. What are they going to do? Jeff Green's gone. This team's going to be uh, they're screwed. Nah, they're fine because they still have Jokic. And, well, you know, I think that's the more more impressive thing with that. I thought he might ease into the season. And as you said, Dave, he almost looks better than he has at any point when he won the MVPs. How rare is it for a team to win a title and then get younger and more athletic and not look like they've missed a beat, Seth? I mean, we've talked for years about the Bucs and, and their big hangup has been a lack of athleticism. And then you look at this Nuggets bench, and I mean, look at the, look at their starting lineup. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is a freak athlete. Aaron Gordon's a freak athlete. Nikola Jokic is actually a freak athlete. Um, but then there's that bench, and it looks like Julian Strother's another guy that they just happen to find who can play for them. It's incredible. So we went back a couple of years ago and I, I, we might or might not get to the Grizzlies later, but we were talking about when they decided to kind of cycle the bottom of their bench or the, the mid of middle of their bench by letting uh, D'Anthony Melton go, letting Kyle Henderson go. And I think what they were going for is a little bit of what we've seen from, uh, from the nuggets in that, you know, Bruce Brown's a good, very good player. He's very helpful for us. Uh, for us to be sustainable as a winner at the level of expenditure that ownership is is comfortable with, um, that's not a spot that we can we can pay top dollar for. So we have to continually cycle and and we think with Christian Brown, Julian Strother, like uh, other places that that we can we can get that production because we 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 are confident in our ability to identify and develop talent. And I think we're seeing what that looks like when it works now. Sometimes it goes the other way where, where as we've seen in, in Memphis last year and certainly so far this year, where you make bets on young guys and they just they, they don't develop. They don't fit in quite the same way you want. Now, as you said, it certainly helps that you start with Jokic, who is, uh, you know, the, the, um, the, the biggest like multiplier effect, it seems like, in the league right now in terms of, of giving other guys a chance to shine. I mean, you got to give them credit. I mean, Seth, what you said was right on, and they've hit on the the young guys, right? Like, we could be singing a whole different tune, you know, had had these guys kind of struggled. If Peyton Watson doesn't come out of the gate well, if Christian Brown struggles, if, you know, like all of that stuff, you know, uh, Strother be just shooting the piss out of the ball the other day. Like, it would be uh, pretty surprising um or jarring excuse me would be the right word where we'd be like damn yeah they do miss bruce brown they do miss jeff green we'd go nuts um with all that stuff but i think that's the thing teams have to do you know and 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 try to find that way of like bruce brown's contract would have been untenable for them they had they couldn't resign it they have to they planned ahead and were well aware of that and made the moves they've had to to do that. And I think, you know, you see them loading up on second round picks because they understand that in the future, they might have to do that again. And I think that's the, the stuff there. It's, it is a, uh, kind of a, it's a swing. You just got to hope you hit the pitch. It's, it's a question of, you know, whether you do or not, there's going to be times where some guys are going to hit and some aren't. There's, there's a possibility also of a virtuous circle here that, that sort of, uh, 
manifests over several years. Like, all right, this is a good environment. I'm going to sign there. Okay, fine. I signed, you know, the mini mid level or whatever to go there for a year or two. And then I get paid because we're going to be good. I'm going to look great. Uh, so I, I think that that's a, um, that, that certainly if they are able to keep this going, that's a possibility also that almost for a place that hasn't necessarily always been like a destination. Uh, I think at times in the past, San Antonio's had a little of this. Certainly Boston has had a little of this. At times I'm going to go, you know, rehab my value, get my value up, and then I'll get paid. And that's that's another way that you can get those ancillary pieces in ways that don't break the budget for you. They're ecstatic that Bruce Brown got paid, I think. Yeah. That's no, it's a good look for them. Yeah. Come to us, yeah. sign the mid-level or the, the, the whatever. Come play you know. a year, get a ring, get a shot at a ring, and get a huge then go contract get paid. But you know the the one guy I think I've been more impressed with though, besides the obvious Jokic, right? Like anytime you watch Denver, you're, you're like, oh Jokic, okay, it gets you know, um, no no offense, nobody get mad at me, it's boring. He's so fantastic, it's boring. Um, it's Michael Porter Jr. because this was a guy I was concerned about coming in, and I want more. Won my championship, I got paid. I want a bigger role. I want this. I want that. He's come in and has played the same role he played last season. And I'm massively impressed. Maybe I'm just a jerk because I was expecting this and I shouldn't have with, you know, obviously I don't know the the kid, but this is something you see with teams like that. And I think it's been very impressive to see him still stay completely bought in. I think also a thing with Michael Porter Jr. And this continues to run from the playoffs for him. His defensive intensity has stayed up. Yeah. Playoff level defensive intensity. And that's part of why they've looked so good, I think. And, um, for this guy to have made the transformation and post back injury, by the way, made the transformation that he's made on defense um, is pretty incredible. And we already know like what he can do offensively. The guy like he literally it, it can go for 40 any night. So. So I think this is a credit again to Jokic and sort of the 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 environment he creates. Oh, I think it's also I think we have to, again, give credit to Michael Malone for. Um, kind of instilling a bit of or, or facilitating the instillment of culture that allows for this to happen. I, there was a there's an interview that uh, it got surfaced again this week. It was I think or, or recently Steve Kerr was getting interviewed by Bob Myers, and he talked at length about you know all right the important part for building a culture is what am I about? Okay, one of the things I'm about is joy. So I can't just say joy. I have to make that part of our thing every day. Uh, and it seems like Michael Malone has done whatever his sort of core values are. Uh, he has managed to infuse that throughout their basketball program so that, um, you know, all right, well, we we're playing together. We're sacrificing. We're doing this. If you listen to the quotes that, that are coming out of Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon, it's like Aaron Gordon, who's who's been around, is now is is, is talking about how, you know, these are going to be the best years of my basketball life. And you're asking me if I'm OK doing the dirty work. like. We're winning titles. I'm playing great. I get to play with that guy. And you're asking me if I'm okay. Of course he's I going am. to this Serbia awesome. every summer. This is right? awesome. Like, I'm sorry, man, but Aaron yeah. Gordon is like he's like free yeah. meals in Serbia I've, for the I've, rest I've of his life. I've done the other thing. Yeah. I've been the man on a bad team. I've done that. This is so much better. And I think that's you know that's credit to the players. That's credit to the coaches. Credit to Jokic for for that being the environment. It's not quite Iguodala because I, I think Iguodala had had a better career by the time he had got to the Warriors, but it is similar, right? Like Aaron Gordon, like you said, he was the number one guy. 
gets traded over there. All of a sudden, his life and job gets so much easier. And look at and, and as far as his two way play goes, I mean, no doubt in my mind that he's a much. I think he's a better player overall now, even as a less total productive offensive guy. He's so much more efficient, defends at a higher level. I, I think even his rebounding I mean, is better. So it, it was because he was just so poorly miscast. Oh yeah, hundred. I mean, that's really the yeah. So obviously, yeah, when you put the person in the right role. Mm-hmm they're a better player, you know, just like, you know, if you pick the right actress for the mean girls reboot, oh, it might here. work. No, I can't, we can't do this. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. That's enough. Can, can we put it, just thing? to put, just, just to, to, okay. to, to put a point on that. And that's, I think all of that plays into, instead of them kind of resting or like, yeah, we're going to go back and win a title again. It's like, I can't wait to play again tomorrow. This is, I'm going to go to a, go to a different sport, but there's, there's a documentary I watched about Pep Guardiola's uh, Barcelona team. And Thierry Henry, great player, who was was kind of past his prime and wasn't like the best player on that team anymore. He talked about the game would end. They would have won 3 nothing. He's like, we don't get to play anymore? Game's over? Damn. And and there's almost a little of that feeling about them too. Just like being this good, this in sync, this is is fun. And you want that to keep going as long as possible. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, all right, guys. Question two. Is the Bucks defense just broken? They have not looked great um, with Damian Lillard at the point of attack versus I, Drew Holiday. Mm, wait, 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 wait. Since the change, I'm not, I'm not blaming anything, but since the change of point guard, they've not looked great this year. Um, I'm not sure if, is this just early season trying to figure it out, trying to ease in? Is this uh, Brooke Lopez, Giannis are kind of hitting the aging curve? Uh, what What's happening with their defense? Is it broken or is this just very small sample? I think there's a lot of everything. I wrote about this a little bit for, for The Athletic uh, this morning. Uh, and Eric Name has written, of course, a, a bunch about this already to start the season. I think there's uh, some element of like getting slapped in the face by small sample size. Like their opponents are shooting the hell out of the ball from three and from mid range, um, especially in transition. Like they're giving up too much transition, and also opponents are making every three in transition. It seems like. Um, at the same time, they're allowing too much transition because they're there, and this is something you you get. It's jarring watching them, having seen the very sort of stable bud ball of the last five years their transition defense is disorganized and so they're giving up a huge huge 50 percent higher than than league average uh of uh, uh you know they had the league average around 30 percent around 44 percent 
of live ball rebounds their opponents get end up in transition. And that's just a, a huge deficit to overcome. Uh, no matter how well you actually defend once you get back, if you're allowing an opponent to play fast, you're in trouble. And then the half court, I think first four or so games of the season, they were kind of experimenting with different ways to use Brooke Lopez, and they were just getting killed at the rim. And since then, they've gone back to more of a little bit what we know works, and they've been they were allowing something like 80-something percent at the rim through the first four games. Right. And it's been down in the low 60s in the last couple. Now, tiny sample sizes, but that sort of aligns with, oh, maybe the, the defensive player of the year when we stick him under the basket guy should be under the basket when they got back to that a little bit. Um, has helped a little bit. But so it's a combination of uh, they're not playing hard enough. Um there's messing around a little bit with the scheme and they're getting beaten by the variant stick. I also just think the other thing too, is the, the biggest thing after the trade, when people brought up, you lost a lot of defense was you have Giannis and Brooke. You're fine. No, you're not. You're not. And you've lost a lot defensively. I think this is also a, uh, uh, a moment to understand what drew holiday brought to that team defensively in terms of everything that he did. I know the issues on offense and, and all that stuff, but defensively, you know, we talked about it almost immediately after the trade, just how much easier he makes Brooke Lopez's life in drop coverage because you know he's fighting over the top of screens. And, you know, so now the defensive stalwart in the starting lineup on the perimeter is, you know, Beasley. Like, okay. Like, this is, like, you know, it's it's, those are the things where you're just, like, looking at it and it's, it's not surprising that their defense is bad. The transition numbers are are, are bad. That's a, that's a bit surprising. But I'm not surprising their defense is bad. And everybody always just says, hey, just put Giannis on the perimeter. That's not an easy answer. That doesn't fix your problems. You know, and these are things like this. This is going to be a concerning playoff issue for them. You know, like these are playoff problems that they're going to have to figure out how to answer. And I think there's a lot of those issues that we're going to be looking at throughout the course of the season. I think they're going to do a whole bunch of things. Defense isn't going to get better if you don't have better defensive personnel. There's also a reason why Giannis, even in high leverage situations, wasn't necessarily guarding like the, the best perimeter player of opposing teams. I mean, that's not utilizing him to, to his, his greatest strength, which is sort of being a weak side guy who can just swoop in and, and create chaos. Right, Brooke Lopez is supposed to be the stability. And then Giannis gets to create chaos as a helper. And if you have him guarding the ball, like he's just not able to do that. Also, he gets screened. I mean, it's not like he's this amazing screen navigator. He's huge. He's big. You don't want to get him on the ball. So I, I never have seen that as sort of a solution. I mean, like him trying to guard Jimmy Butler. It's not, it's not an effective way to go. Plus, he gets into foul trouble. Seth, you got anything I, else on the bus? No, I, I think that I, I, I like slight point of disagreement with Mo. I, I don't think there's Shocking. any surprise. Any surprise We're their defense is worse. I think the their defense being actively bad thus far, I think, is a little bit of a surprise. Like, yeah. if you told me they were 16th in defense right now, yeah, sure. Like, eh, it's not great. Whatever. If you t if they told me the end of the season, like 12, 14, 16, if they're in the 20s. Yeah, like that's I would be very surprised by that. Well, let's put I mean, it that way. I, I, I'm surprised that you're surprised by that when you just look at their perimeter defenders. Yeah. Like just when you look at their guards and stuff like that, who's getting a stop? Who do you trust? 
to get a stop. Like I look at their guards, and it's like, okay, we're just going to be dependent. Like that's their best defense. Thing is, it's it's going to be worse in the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's this is the problem. It's a it's a playoff problem for them. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm. That's going to be the thing I'm going to be harping on all season. Is called, what's a playoff problem for these teams? And this is a playoff problem for them. Their backcourt defense is going to be atrocious, and you're going up against teams that have legitimate good backcourts. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not. It's not like you can just get away with it. And just assuming Brooke can erase everything at the rim, Giannis can come running in from the weak side, puts a ton of pressure on those guys. And that's a big deal. And I'm, so it's like, I'm surprised by the transition defense, but I think that might have to do more with the coaching change and the philosophy behind those things. But I'm not surprised their defense is bad because I didn't expect it to be good or average. This is one of those things. I just looked at their guards and was like, oof, who's getting a stop? I, so I this feel is completely almost differently like a, now uh, as far as like Boston and, and uh, Milwaukee. I probably have flipped on them so already this season just boston has looked seamless it's been perfect and i thought i have my issues were, with them we can i mean i've got some another, issues too I on another but pod but we can i think defensively it's been seamless i mean yeah. chris has porzingis has just been incredible go uh, read jay king's article the- in the athletic on 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 porzingis's defense and how they're using them yeah can't win the title in november though. you can't so, no you're yeah. right you're right but uh you know, it's building blocks. Only uh, Denver. Okay. Only Denver can. That, well, that's true. Hey, I'll give it to him. Um, okay. Uh, third question. Last question uh, to start the season, guys. Um, the Sixers. Surprisingly, they've been pretty good. Uh, do you guys believe in the Philadelphia 76ers? And if not, what do you need to see to make you believe? I get nervous anytime a team is just going to depend on Kelly Oubre. He's been awesome to start. He's been great to start the season. I mean, he's shooting unbelievable from lights out and all of those things. But I I have seen enough from Oubre at several different stops. And, you know, maybe it's uh, the Aaron Garden thing and he's in the right role now or whatnot. But I feel like he's been in the same role everywhere. And I just feel like, cool. Ubre in November, freaking awesome. Like, I, I wonder what Ubre in March looks like. Like, I just feel very nervous depending on that. There's that. Um, I do think we do have to give credit that that it's not just like he has not just been like shooting the piss out of the ball and like he's, he's shooting the ball well, but not like outlandishly. He's also been playing well on top of this. And I think that uh, that you you know talked about the, the what the difference like a, a shift in philosophy and system can play. I think I think Tobias Harris getting to do more than stand in the corner has probably been you know he's been a guy who who has been one of those uh, like because his, he was overpaid for what he was producing he became a bad player in people's minds and right. it's like oh yeah no wait Tobias Harris is actually pretty good if we if we let him do some stuff. Um, but the fact that like all of their top four guys are all shooting like low forty three from three it's like okay you kind of expect that to come down but i think that you know i'm not going to dismiss it but i think i agree with mo that i've been like kelly Oubre skeptic over his career so i'm going to need to see it for a lot more than two weeks but if we're talking if we're having that say the same conversation about like that top four guys of of Embiid and maxi and harris and Oubre, and the conversation is about the same in january 
I think that's, you know, we, we definitely have to take, take notice of that. I'll say this. They have a top five defense and a top five offense. No, it's early. Okay. They also are second in net rating behind Boston and ahead of Denver. Um, so they've had a very good, like statistically, had a very good start to the season. Is yeah, it I sustainable? Mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, some of it too is let's wait till we start to see some real challenges here on the schedule. You know, you, you get to beat up on Washington, no problem. You know, and 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 so on. There's, there's going to be some fun games coming up here. They got Boston twice this month, and all of those things. But one thing I'm going to say, and and this is going to be the 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 compliment for Philly. I think we started the season with like, hey, it's just a top two team in the East, just a top two, and then everybody else. Like, you know, they're right there. I mean, I or think, it might be, it, and they just might be one of the two, and they might be the other two. That's very true. That's very possible. Um. So, Do you guys you know, like the pieces that they added here in the Harden trade? I mean, like Covington and, and Batum. I mean, it's at least a couple of, I mean, they no, can play, are, right? I like the pieces they got back. Like, I don't think they're earth shatterers or, or whatnot, but like there are guys that make sense. That Nick Batum helps you win games. I've watched enough of him with the Clippers that he just does kind of. Well, he might be an, an upgrade on the PJ Tucker role, right? Like, I mean, as a, a guy who can space the floor and play some defense and because he'll actually shoot the three ball when it comes to him. Like that's kind of a key thing there with Tucker the past few years is attempts have dropped. But the, the, the thing with it is like, he just does so many other things. And on a team, let's just be honest. When you're looking at the East, you're chasing Boston right now, right now. And you need long, lanky guys to go at their long, lanky guys. Not saying they could stop them, but they can give them some trouble. They can give them a little bit more challenging situations and those things. So I think, like, it, for me, it, those guys make sense for them. Like, I think they'll they'll be helpful for them. Like, I think they – I like the pieces they got from the trade. I like the roster they have. I Again, I'm just saying, I'm just scared of Uber. Like, I'm just like, ah, like – Okay, like he just he tends to do this and then break people's hearts later in the year. That's all I'm saying. I mean, and honestly, like their biggest questions aren't Kelly Oubre. It's no. it's Joel Embiid, and their questions about Joel Embiid are questions that can't get answered. Now they're gonna right. they, they they're questions that that better or worse can't even ask until May. So you know, it, it, there's, we're gonna take a little bit of a wait and see on that because it's a guy who has had some problems both staying on the court and has frankly been the best player on teams that have lost some series they shouldn't have yeah and i think also i just want to we got to give him a little bit more love like i know all the attention is on Jokic and whatnot the fact that he's averaging 6.2 assists this season which i believe is a career high for him by a lot like two more than last season like that says a lot double digit rebounds averaging 28 something points a night like he's doing a lot of things right for philly in that sense. And I know, and, and Seth, you're right. Like they're the team that they're the, they've taken the mantle mantle from Denver and like, you have to prove it to us now in the playoffs. We don't give a damn what you do now, but you got to prove it to us in the playoffs. And uh, if you don't get to the conference finals, it's a failure and your career sucks and go live under a rock. <laughs> like well, that's going to be kind of the attitude we're all going to have about it. So I think that's the thing, but I just, to start the season, he's been really freaking good. Like, I don't think we're talking, like, we talk about, you know, Jokic and all that. He's not getting the shine he should, and I understand why, but he's really good. The passing's been great. 
Um, is there a sense of, I, we talked about with Denver about, you know, playing with a sense of joy and I, we hinted on it with Tobias Harris a little bit is not playing hardened ball. It's maxi um, ball. It's, yeah. it's maxi ball. It's not just not hardened ball. It's maxi ball. And that, I, and the, the difference is, is electric. No, the difference is like, you know, I, th I think we've all played, you know, various levels and stuff like that. You can handle somebody being a gunner if they do it quickly. It's it's the it's the stand and watch for for fifteen seconds and then someone take a bad shot and you know I think for for a guy like Tobias Harris I'm going to stand and watch and you want me to play defense and run through it's like I've done some things in this league and that's what you that's what you want me to do and that's what I get to do every game this sucks and no matter how professional and, and there's never been any question about yeah. Tobias Harris's professionalism I mean, he's, you know uh, it like at a certain level like you're you're punching a clock rather than 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 playing with that sense of joy maybe they're getting a little bit of that with between that and perhaps a new voice in the in the mo let me tee you up for that no one. no no i'm not i'm not going there i'm 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 just gonna go with you mean playing with james harden isn't fun like i mean you know he he was on a leash she felt like the whole time he was in uh philadelphia and yeah all that. yeah I mean, yeah, you yeah you don't feel like it's fun <laughs> No, but I want to go to Maxi here real quick because that's yeah. another dude. That type of player in the playoffs has not had a ton of success. Right. And that's the question now. Like, yeah, regular season kills it. Usually that type of player is a six man of the year type player and and whatnot. But like, let's see what he does in the playoffs because that's when it's seven player. games of being guarded by Drew Holiday. Holiday. Tatum. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or, you know, but well, we just discussed Milwaukee's defense, so I'm not worried about them, uh, but like the, but you know, when you have to deal with that though, for seven games, it's a very different type and, and just that type of player, I'll be fascinated to see how that plays because they're leaning so much on him now as they should, but I'll be very curious to see what that does in the playoffs. Do you feel comfortable saying that Maxi has graduated out of that sort of that Tyler hero? CJ no. McCollum, no. Uh, the Anthony Simons kind of kind of small guard who can small score, but... yeah, small offense. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, is there anything he can, is there anything he can show you during the season that will make you feel that or is that just all there's a reason why graduations are in May and June, Seth? God, I, I teed you up That's... for that one. That's great. That is like... good night. I'm out. See you all yeah, later. The, the, the world the World Series ended, but Mo is still hitting That's a on good the line right there. Uh, you guys want to talk about some bad teams now? We didn't. All right, no, no, just, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so early in the season, I, I tend to watch. I, I watch everyone, right? Um, but that changes as the season goes on. It just it gets you know the higher leverage games, the the teams battling for playoff positions. They just those games tend to matter more, and I don't do this scatter shot approach. To, to catching NBA games and then watching on Synergy that I do to start the season. So to start the season, I wind up watching a lot more bad teams than I do later in the season. Just makes sense um, as I'm trying to get a feel for young players, you know, and, and again, just knowing that I'm not going to be watching Portland in, in March and April. It just, it, those games will be pointless. So guys, I've been watching a lot of the Portland Trailblazers lately <laughs> and man, they, um, They've got some guys. Uh, Scoot Henderson's had some bad injury luck. Obviously, Anthony Simons is out. But Shadon Sharp. Robert Williams. Oh, yeah, Robert Williams out for the season. But Shadon Sharp looks 
really good. Really good. Like, this guy can't go back to coming off the bench. Never, I mean, he never should have been coming off the bench for them for this year. Like, that shouldn't, you know, I get the Simon stuff. Sorry, everybody who gets mad about this. Simons is a, is a six man. Sorry, he's not, I don't think he's, he's a starting level. Sorry, but, you know, Sharp has to be starting. He's got to be your two guard on this team. Like, he's, he's been awesome. And what he showed in the first of their two games against Memphis in overtime and in, in regulate end of regulation with that big block on Kennard and then overtime with making plays. Like, I think you just look at it going like, Hey man, like that's a dude. And I was slow to come around on him. I was very, uh, didn't know much about him. We knew the mystery stuff with the, the, the draft and things like that. He came on really strong at the end of the last season, but I'm very skeptical of that because it's nice when those games don't matter. You get to do all that stuff. So, it's interesting now to watch the way he's playing and coming on. Like I've been very impressed with him and, you know, just seeing him can kind of continue to develop. Like this is a guy like, yo, they got at, for sure have at least one dude in Memphis, or, excuse me, Portland. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging 20 a game. Um, his shooting splits are pretty good. I mean, he's 45% overall from the field, 38% from three good free throw shooter, by the way, shooting like six and a half threes a game. Um, so high volume, good three point shooter. I mean, I think this guy has a chance to be a star. The way that he can score, the various ways that he can score. Seth, you like his game? Uh, I do. I, 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 um, I, I was like you, Mo. I was sort of not sure what to make of him, and I actually kind of enjoyed what I saw him from him at the start of last season, not just you know before. Kind of, he got a little more of the keys in that. Um. Uh. For whatever reason, they didn't they 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 were able to put him in a role where he kind of had to earn playing time. And he started the season, you know, a lot of young guards with this sort of profile come in and they're just chuckers who play no defense. And he basically didn't get the ball and had to guard to be on the floor. And I think that that just putting that that imposing that structure on him, I think, uh, even though on a bad team has sort of has 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 instilled uh, a degree of this is how this is the how we go about it so you can be not just get your numbers up but how you play basketball well and so i think that they um you know luckily enough were able to set that foundation for him so that that's encouraging and then as you say started the year off really well i mean obviously a henderson uh um uh sharp backcourt is is very intriguing as far as you know building blocks for a team that's that's hitting reboot and honestly just looking at their roster and who they have even with the injuries it's just like i don't you know we were t- talking about them as maybe the worst team in the league and they're i don't think they're a bottom five talent team in the league especially if like what we're seeing from sharp so far is is in any way real so i think that they might you know that from a talent standpoint they are they are far better off than than the team than the team often is when they t- kind of flip the switch and tear it down. Well, I mean, well, I mean they started out started out with having shade on sharp already on the roster. Yeah. That's a that's a huge plus and then to be able to luck into Scoot because you know he wasn't taken second. And by the way, uh, haven't seen enough of Scoot for me to sell any stock. I'm not worried at all about uh, a slow start from from a guy like Scoot. Um how about DeAndre Ayton? You just Are you can- to get me to like <laughs> No, so all right. Go, Seth. Go, Seth. I'll respond. Go, Seth. 
No, I think DeAndre Ayton has sort of fallen into that role of for whatever reason he's maybe he gets paid a little too much. Maybe we don't love him for for these reasons. He's he's talked about like let's put it this way: there was open questions. I don't think we had those questions. I think we we rightly called it at the time. But when they when when Phoenix swapped him for Nurkic, there were some people as well, and they got better in the center because they can't rely on DeAndre. Well, it's like okay, maybe it's not a high bar, but he's so much better than Yusuf. And you know he's he is he's a he is a a talented player who is productive and maybe he does things that we don't love, but it's sort of I think it's an indictment of Phoenix that that he was basically flotsam in like he was he was the matching salary in the Drew Eubanks trade is possibly <laughs> how that's gonna right. how that's gonna the, gonna gonna play out um, and I think that that's a um, for a team that's for any team really like mismanaging your your sort of your playing staff your assets your asset base your your ability to to turn the first the first overall draft pick into nothing like that's a that that's a problem um and you know I don't want to pick on Phoenix too much because like the die was somewhat cast and that trade was the result of some things that happened earlier I think we're going to get to those we're going to talk about this a little more later but I, I just on some level, a team and organization has to take some culpability when a talented player is just, oh, we just don't want him. Yeah, no, yeah, the Phoenix stuff, you're right. But like, the, just here's my thing about DeAndre. He's not a dude that's going to help you win at the end of the day. Like, and maybe that's perfect for Portland right now. But like, I was off on him early last year. The, the the year they made it to the finals, he had an incredible playoff run and he, he just didn't come back at all into, you know, I'm here to ball, right? Like that simple. And then we know, we know everything that happened in Phoenix and how that can affect a young player. Cool. I had issues with him during that finals run. I was screaming it to you guys all the time. The dude doesn't play with the aggressive manner that you need from your center at that point in the way the game is played now, right? He's too much. Hold on. He's too much of a finesse guy. He's too much of that stuff. And it's just, listen, Portland, I hope you love fadeaways because you're going to get a whole bunch of them and it's, and it's, and it's coming and it's stuff. I already have fans, Portland fans in my life that are already complaining about it. Um, I just think there's that level of that stuff. So for me, it's just like DeAndre is a minute eater for them. They're going to go through this stuff with him. I don't I don't think he is I think he's a good player. He has a lot of talent, but I don't think he's actually ever interested in utilizing it. And I think that's a problem. I I, I do think we do need to keep in our minds there's a difference between should be better and is bad. And I think that I think that I don't think you can find any disagreement from me or really anyone that DeAndre Aiden, because of his ability and he's the fact that when he's utilized it, he has been much better. That he should be better, yes. But he should be better just based on, if nothing else, just that talent and, and physical stature. He's already pretty, he's, he's, he's pretty effective. He's not great. The baseline is good. The baseline is good, though. Like, he's not, he's not a bad player. And you might be right based on, on that he maybe isn't like a, a building block that you win with. But, you know, I think that we just, that, that little bit of nuance should be better doesn't mean bad. No, th- that's fine. But I just, again, I'm, I'm going to stop here with all of this stuff. But the dude is just, at the end of the day, what you need from him and what he can be 
and he can be that building block and 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 should be that building block but honestly doesn't appear to want to be that building block and that's a dude you can't win with it's just that simple man uh, on the other hand I'm perfectly fine with the team in Portland situations. Like uh, it doesn't may, maybe we, them. maybe we, yeah, maybe like, you know, maybe we can, maybe, you know, maybe Chauncey Billups, maybe the next coach, whenever that comes, like is able to find a way to, you know, inst- to bring that out of him. Probably not, but you know, it costs you Drew, Drew Eubanks to find out. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not mad at, I, like yeah, you said, Drew it's Eubanks, an upgrade yeah. over Nurkic. Like I'm not right, mad yeah. at, I'm not mad at Portland for making that trade. And in that sense, it was a definite upgrade. There's no arguing that at all. It's just like at the end of the day, it's like when Portland people or other people are like, oh, they got DeAndre. I'm like, man, I can't wait to rehash this when we do uh, our are we worried about the Phoenix Suns yet uh, in a couple of weeks? Um, I can just I can do it now. Wait, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there. All right. How about Detroit? You guys, uh, I've been watching a bunch of Detroit. Clear the right. You way. know. Oh yeah, been watching a lot so, of Detroit. Kate Cunningham, pretty good, pretty good. They, they're not a good team, by the way. They're bad. Um, last year they were bad and sad. This year they're bad and a little bit more fun. I, I think that that's good progress. They're bad and make me mad. <laughs> okay. Are we just do- we're at the rhyming portion of the podcast? Yeah, welcome no. to the cat in the so, hat here on the Athletic NBA Show. I don't know how much more evidence we need. Killing Hayes is not a good NBA player and is not going to be a good NBA player and is bad in ways that like is he blackmailing the coaching staff? It, like it's it's this is like some like message sending nonsense. Like oh, we want Jaden Ivy to do this, do that. Marcus Sasser can't do this, that yet. Like yeah, but they're both better. And like you know, you know this guy isn't isn't going to be a go forward guy for you. I hope you know this. Um, at least if you don't know this, then oh boy, but you, you know, you've got a high lottery pick. Who's got massive talent that you're sending a message to by playing a guy who shoots under 40% every year, like under 40% like effective field goal percentage at this point, even, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there had, there's been, I think in, in, since an 80, 80, 81 season, there's been about 25 guys who have started over half their team's game with a with a a uh, below 40% effective field goal percentage. He would be the first guy in about 10 years to do that. And you're saddling Cade with this. You're blocking your other young guard. You're not getting the spacing you need on a team that already is going to struggle for spacing because you're playing uh, Isaiah Stewart who's done well, but you're playing Isaiah Stewart at the 4 and 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 Jalen Dern who's been great. But he's not a four spacer, obviously, at, at the five. So I don't. This is just sort of. It's early, and maybe it'll work itself out. But man, you're you're not getting your best development reps by saddling the, the you know talented players like Cade and Asar Thompson. Alec Burks is playing more minutes than Jaden Ivy. Now he's been sick. Ivy's been sick the last couple sure, of games. Sure, but so. but it, even when healthy. I mean, Alec Burks, he's a pretty good player. But yeah. what are you doing? What's the point? It's, it's that's that's more the, the question. Yeah. What was Detroit's plan coming into the season, right? Like, are we developing young guys? What's I mean, if we're developing young guys, it makes no sense that Jade and Ivy and Saucer aren't playing. It's just, just not playing enough minutes. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, we talk about ad nauseum. The most important piece to player development is playing time. And doing the whole, and I get it, Monty's trying to come change the culture and all of this stuff and create all those things and, and things like that. At a certain point, you got to play your guys. You got to play the young guys, develop them, give them reps. We, let them put their mistakes on film so you can walk through it with them and all of that stuff. He's not going to prove he could defend in practice because you're not practicing hard enough because that's simply teams just don't. And it's in that stuff. Like it's, it's a lot harder in that sense. I'm done with Killian Hayes. I've been done with Killian Hayes. I don't understand what they're doing with all of this stuff. I just feel like they are hurting themselves long-term with this whole thing of we're not playing our guys. And and Seth, you're we're hopeful it'll, it'll pan out. Talking about the previous guy, DeAndre Ayton and, and say. Phoenix, it didn't really pan out, and it didn't go well. And are we looking are, – are we kind of looking at, at – uh, DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix sort of redux here with, with Monty Williams and Jaden Ivey. I mean, it, you know, it's early and, and it's very early in Jaden Ivey's career. It's early in Monty Williams' tenure in Detroit. But this is sort of the exact same thing that we've we've railed against this from Monty Williams. <laughs> so, I mean, are, are we just, are we looking at a, a you know, repeating? It's, of it's the franchise arson. It's franchise arson. It's, you know, but like, fine, you, you, you bring a new coach in. You no, still, no, 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 hold on. you didn't just bring in a new coach. You absolutely overpaid to six bring year, in this coach. Six years. Yeah. Like, so, but, but, and, and you're not just over, you're not just overpaying by the money you're paying him. You're overpaying by if it's like, okay, well, this other, these other development things that we're trying, we're just done with now. Like, you spent a top five pick and top five pick salary on Jaden Ivey, and so now you're just going to be like, nope, nope, that that that's done. We're done with that. We're turning the page on that. It's just like you can't afford that. You know, if you're if you're a team starting from where Detroit is, that's not a luxury you have to just like, you know, the worst thing that like the 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 worst thing that happens for something someone like Ivy is not that they don't discuss like they them discovering he's actually not that good and maybe he's not a go-forward piece with them. That's not the worst outcome. The worst outcome is we get to the end of next year when they got to start making decisions on extensions and stuff like that, and they don't know. And they're they're not giving themselves the chance to know. And again... Well, what we do know is that Detroit uh, brought back Kevin Knox. They signed him today. So, you know, just... just Great stuff happening in Detroit. Uh, clearly, yeah, they have a vision. Play over, yeah, just another guy to play over Jaden Ivey. Like, it's <laughs> just like, that's it. all we're doing. Like, um, I don't, I, I think, I want to go back to Seth's point. Yeah. Because that's so important. You got to know, right? Like, that's the thing. You got to give him the playing time so you can figure out if he's a dude or not. And maybe he's, maybe he's awful. I don't think he will be, why not? But maybe he's bad. You don't know right now. And you're going to come to a situation where you got to make a decision. And now it's, do we, you know, or do we lose him for nothing? Do we not qualify him? All of these things that you got to decide, you know, and, and, and everything that comes with it, you just, you're putting yourself in such an information disadvantage as an organization by not playing him. And I think that's the mistake they're making. And I think it sucks because I think Cade would play so well with him. I think it'd be this team 
listen, they need to start winning in a way of like, these guys have to learn how to win and learn how to, I mean, learn how to not lose. Uh, honestly, is, is a big right. part of it, right? Like they need crunch time minutes. They need uh end of quarter minutes. Like they need, they just need to play together. I mean, look, I think we know what, well, I, I don't think we know what Kate is yet. Uh, I think Kate is good. I don't, I'm not convinced Kate is like this uh, generational guy who's going to uh, uplift the franchise, but I haven't seen enough yet because of uh, the previous couple seasons he's been in and out. I like Kate a lot. I think the more talent you can put out there, or at least the higher the ceiling. I mean, we haven't even talked about a Thompson who they got to figure out a way to play, right? Like, is he going to be their small ball five sometimes? Maybe. I mean, this guy is such a freak athlete, <laughs> right? Like him having like six other centers on the team that they're paying. I you, we're gonna figure this out, right? But yeah. like they have some talented guys. The idea is you're developing. You need to throw these guys out there together, and, and just see what you got. See what shakes out. You know what? You know the spot you don't want to end up. And we see this sometimes where a, a team is just in such a like a morass where it's just like, yeah, he hasn't been good so far, but we, we get him out of there. Let's see what we have. And I worry a little bit that Detroit is is becoming one of those spots right now. And like maybe the one of those spots right now in the NBA where it's like, I don't, I don't know. Because the 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 ecosystem is in right. Yeah. Um, okay. Last bad team to check in on. And this one, you know, I, I'm a bit surprised because I, I was they had such a promising start to last year. We really believe in their coach. I think they've got a lot of really good players, but man, they don't have any guards. The Utah Jazz kind of stink. Kind of stink. Like they don't have, uh, not just they don't have a point guard. Their combo guards don't have any sort of point guard uh, capabilities, like skills. No one on this team, Mo, looks like they want to throw a, a pass. Oh, at least none of the guards do. Um, Utah is kind of struggling right now. I mean, it's something when Taylor Horton Tucker is your lead playmaker for everybody, right? Like, and he's done a. I don't want to sh- trash him. He's done a. He's done a good job. Five point six assists a game. Like he's trying and and he's trying to do all that stuff. That's just not who he is. In that sense, Dave. Like one thing I think we're we're not understanding when we look at last season as this season is. Nobody's going to be surprised by them this year. I think last year we were so shocked by it. So that at least when you go into Utah, you're you're going like, hey, these guys were pretty good last year or they beat us last year because we weren't on top of our game type of stuff. So I don't think you get that again. So I think the surprise element is gone for them to a large degree. Like I like the pieces they have. I mean, they have Seth's favorite player, John Collins. And I think they, you know, it's it's interesting with with that stuff, but they they don't have the guy that can kind of just organize them. And get they, them had, and they right. had that with last year with Conley, Mike Conley. Right. Until they, until they traded. Yep. But yeah, yep. like, and that was a big part to their start of the season, right? They had the, uh, the adult in the room, so to speak, to say like, all right, now you go here, you go there. When you do that, I'll give you the ball. And I think there's that, but like, they just don't have that. They're trying. It's not for a lack of effort, but like, I just don't think they have the guys. And I think they knew it. I think they knew it coming into the season too, because if you recall, they were a team that was sort of after the Lillard trade went down. Utah was a team that got brought up as being in the the the, the running for Drew Holiday. Now I don't know how the, if they agree to with that, which that that is true or not. And I think we may have even talked about it. It seemed like 
odd with their timeline. But I think we see with how kind of their season has gone with their dearth of sort of steadiness in the backcourt, um, why they would think that that would be something worth exploring, depending on you know, what the what the asset cost would. I'm be. of two minds there because I could see it, right? Like, okay, well, they they own Minnesota's draft, like they have a lot of draft assets. Maybe it doesn't. Our pick doesn't matter as much. So, hey, if we can also get Drew Holiday, I think they they probably are in the top ten. You know, in the West, they at least give themselves a puncher's chance in the play in. Um, if not being a six seed with with a guy of that caliber and when you think about walker kessler that defense should be pretty good if you add drew but also it's danny ainge and danny ainge is the king of well i was thinking about that guy so it could also just be pr but- maybe maybe but also i think i think that if they had made an offer that was sort of commensurate with what boston ended up course, doing yeah i think i don't think we would have liked that for where they are as a development as as as, as a team it's, it's, I think if it if it had come in lower than that and they could have got him, I mean I think that's just that's, that's you know we, we we have fun some fun with the Danny almost. This right. is an appropriate Danny almost. Like I just think about it in a sense of just like you don't trade you don't trade those assets for maybe we're a top ten team in the West. You know, like I think that's the 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 kind of difference for me in that sense. Like you know you, you stay the course. Look, we had a surprising year last year. It's the same thing with, uh, and I know I'm veering off course, with Oklahoma City Thunder, and everybody's expecting them to make these, you know, use all your assets to, to make a big swing trade right now. Why? Yeah, we're go not trade there for Carl Anthony Towns. We're not, we're, you're not there yet. And I think that's a thing. I'm glad Utah showed the restraint to like, hey, no, let's load up here on more. Like, that's not going to be a situation until we get a home run. And I think, you know, the where they're at now, I think also they're, they just want to be bad, you know, and continue to load up on, on, on draft assets. And let's see maybe draft night what's available. But like, I had no illusions going into this season. I was like, this team's going to be bad. Uh, uh, you mentioned Oklahoma city's draft uh, assets. And the, uh, I think that um, one of the things we've had some fun with this week is like the reveal of like the star Wars style crawl on the Miami culture court. Oh and God. and one of the, the best, the best fo- with the best Photoshop oh, of yeah. it, I said, well, the Thunder should do it and just list, lift their draft assets. But the problem is it wouldn't fit in the key. It would be like the entire stripe down the middle of one of the in-season tournament courts just to list like all the picks and protections that they have. So I that would be I would like that. Uh, by the way, I'll, I'll I'll take the L. The Oklahoma City uh, tournament court looked great. Oh, in, no. In actuality, I thought I thought the Oklahoma City one looked really good. I thought of- some of the other ones. I mean, no. I don't want to get into the court stuff because I yeah. feel like it's old news, but um, yeah. it'll be I, relevant I, next week, Dave. I, I'll just say, <laughs> I'll just say, I've heard some really, really funny stories about the courts and certain technologies that maybe are having trouble with some of these courts. I'm not going to say it out loud, but I just, I'll just say these courts are uh, half baked ideas at best, um, and, and they look better on a video game than in real life incredibly distracting to watch basketball when you can't really see the ball. Um, maybe we need to go with the NHL on Fox and they got to highlight the ball when they're playing on these courts. Um, but, you know, as a guy who just wants to watch basketball um, and, and be able to know what's happening, these courts are a, an abject disaster in, in my mind. So I, even so I, the I, Oklahoma City ones looking pretty good was still, what are we doing here? I just want to watch basketball. Just give me the basketball. 
I I actually so a couple of the courts I actually didn't have trouble following the ball in Oklahoma City and Milwaukee were the two where I didn't the ones like Chicago's and Indies. I and, mean, in and, and Miami's, I yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, and that's why I was skeptical about that, but the OKC one actually surprised me. And I was like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I can tell what's going on. This is another case of the NBA doing stuff that no one cares about instead of giving me the thing that I want, which is a damn basketball game. That's going to do it for this week oh. <laughs> show. Wait, <laughs> Mo's got one more thing. Go ahead, Mo. No, I, I do have one more thing. I do. It's just a I perfect actually, time. I actually for me to like end the it. idea. I of don't what mind what they were doing with the court. I don't I like mind it. Like making it feel special. Thing. It's yeah. it's let's let's do that stuff. I just it's like wearing white stuff. at WrestleMania. That's great. I like now that. You lost me. But save it. <laughs> Make it special. All right. I, I I actually don't hate playing around with the courts, but this is clear. Come on, it's it's hardwood. That's the whole thing. Like it's, it's played on hardwood, and now you've got them playing on paint. And and that'll do it for. <laughs> That's it. Guys yelling at clouds. That's not even yelling at clouds. That's just <laughs> let me watch basketball. Yeah. All right. For yeah. Seth Bart now and Moda Kill, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been Nerder. Zero. On the Athletic NBA Show.